Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. M-A-I-N-M-E-N-U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu Hi everybody, welcome to Main Menu for February 28, 2020. It's Friday, and once again, Larry Gassman along with John Gassman, two voices that you may not have heard before on a regular basis on Main Menu. We're here to begin a relatively new series. We started just a couple of weeks ago. We're from BITS. That's Blind Information Technology Specialists. And this time on Main Menu, we're going to continue with the Microsoft webinars, which began in January of 2019. In January of 2020, they did one on Excel tips and tricks. So for the next 54 minutes or so, let's listen to the webinar all about the usage of Microsoft Excel. Good afternoon from those of us here in Redmond today. Uh, Welcome to our slightly delayed January accessibility learning webinar. Uh, Thanks all of you for your patience in letting us reschedule due to some weather in the Seattle area. Uh, So my name is Sean, and I work on Microsoft's Enterprise Disability Answer Desk team. Um, Before we start, I want to make sure that everyone has access to our captions. Um, So if you want to view captions for today's session in your web browser, you can navigate to aka.ms forward slash webinar captions. And again, that's aka.ms forward slash webinar captions. Great. Thanks, Sean. Um, I'm Crystal, and I also work on the Disability Answer Desk team with Sean. Uh, we are your webinars for today's. We are your moderators for today's webinar. Um, and um, I want to just take a minute to remind us why we've been having this uh, webinar series. Um, it's our mission here at Microsoft to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. We heard many of our customers ask for more training on our products and to learn about the latest accessibility features. So last year, we started a 12-part webinar series to bring um, product teams uh, on camera and demoing the latest features um, to kind of share their accessibility knowledge. While this is our last webinar in the 12-part series, Um, we hope that it won't actually be the last webinar. So we really have appreciated all the feedback that we've received so far on our webinars. Um, Please keep it coming and let us know um, if there are future topics you would like us to produce. So, Sean, can you go ahead and tell us about today's webinar? Sure. So I'm excited about today's webinar, but I'll give some of the details about uh, how our session is going to run today. So in terms of format, we have about an hour here today with the first 45 minutes for uh, demos from our awesome presenter and the last 15 minutes for Q&A for you all to submit your questions. Uh, And as always, if you do miss part of today's session, we will be recording the session and we'll make the link available about a week after the session's uh, finished here today. And anyone who signed up will get a link to that automatically. So today we have Sharon from the Excel team here to show us some awesome tips and tricks for using Excel on Windows. Yeah, and and as Sean mentioned, um, 
Uh, we will be doing Q&A, so please send us our, your questions in. Uh, you have two options for that. You can email your questions to accwebinars at microsoft.com, or if you're on Twitter, go ahead and just add the hashtag accessibilitywebinar to your questions, and we look forward to getting those. Um, so let's go ahead and, uh, Sharon, you ready to get started? Thank you, Sean and, Chitra, uh, Sean and Crystal, for the introduction. Hi, I'm Sharon from the Excel team, and I'm excited to be here today to talk to you about tips and tricks for getting the most out of Excel. If you've not had the opportunity to try Excel, it's a spreadsheet application available for free on web and mobile, and is a part of your Office 365 subscription on Windows Desktop and Mac. I'll be doing today's demos on the Windows Desktop application. I'll have Narrator running so that everyone can follow along, uh, but I'll be using primarily native keyboard shortcuts. So those will work with whichever screen reader you choose, or if you choose to not use a screen reader and just prefer using the keyboard. If you'd like to download a copy of the spreadsheet that I'll be using to follow along and try it out, you can find it at aka.ms slash excel tips and tricks. That's aka.ms slash e-x-c-e-l-t-i-p-s-a-n-d-t-r-i-c-k-s. Excel tips and tricks. The first worksheet is a playground for you to use if you'd like to try it out in Excel. And then you can find the completed tutorial on the second worksheet so that you can uh, make sure that you got everything right at the end. We'll begin by creating our first workbook and adding some content. Then we'll delve into some of the more advanced features in Excel by creating an RSVP list for a party. And we'll share that RSVP list with our co-host using OneDrive. And then I'll close today's presentation with some extra resources that you can use to learn more about Excel moving forward. Let's start on the Excel homepage. Here I have Windows Desktop Excel open on my screen. From here, I can choose to create a new blank workbook, create a workbook from a template, or open a file that I've already created. Let's explore a little bit to hear the workbook creation options using the arrow keys. Welcome to Excel, two of four. Drop-down tutorial, 304. Formula tutorial, 404. I can hear that I have a set of blank workbooks and tutorials. To start off, let's just create a blank workbook. Drop-down tutorial, 304. Welcome to Excel, 204. Blank workbook, 104. Selected, Alt, F, H, Y2. Book 1, Excel window, Sheet Sheet 1, A1. Selected, Editable, Column 2, Row 2, Item. We can hear that Excel has now created a workbook. I could also have created a workbook using the keyboard shortcut Control plus N instead of using the backstage view. I'll now add some data just to show us uh, how we can get started. I'll type in two columns, guests and RSVP, and add some data to each column. At U E S T S B Cap R S V P A2 selected Cap J O E. Cap R E E N A Cap Edit F A E L Spit Raphael A K E A four Cap Edit T A V I A Octavia G L A R A five A two B two. I've added three names: Joe Green, Raphael Frank, and Octavia Uglar. And I'll move to the RSVP column to add whether or not they can come. I know that Joe can come. Raphael can also come. B three Y E S B four. And Octavia, unfortunately, is not able to attend. Oh, B5. 
As a best practice to help others who would want to use my workbook, I should name the sheet so that I have an idea of what content will be in that sheet. This really helps someone who's coming to the workbook for the first time so that they can get oriented within what data is in the workbook. To rename the sheet, I'll use the F6 keys to move my focus down to my sheet tabs. Volume level 8, book 1, sheet tab, sheet 1 tab, item, 1 of 1, selected. So Excel automatically gives my sheet tabs different names, sheet 1, sheet 2, sheet 3, but those aren't actually very helpful to tell what content is in the sheet. I'll rename it by pressing Shift F10 to open the context menu and arrow down to the Rename Sheet option. Insert, delete, me rename, menu item, menu key R. Book 1, Sheet tab, edit. So I'm now able to edit my sheet name. I'll rename it to be Guest List. Cap G, U, E, F, T, spit, guest, cap I, F, T. And when I press Enter, my focus will go back into my grid. Sheet guest list, B5, selected, editable, column 3, row 6, item. You can hear that my sheet has now been renamed to guest list, and I'm back in the grid. So now my co-authors can understand at a glance what content they can expect to see in the sheet based on the sheet name. Now let's convert my data into a table. Tables are really handy in Excel because they structure my data. They let Excel know what to do with it. I'll automatically get sorting and filtering added, I'll also have my data formatted using color-banded rows, and I'll unlock some of Excel's more complicated features, like a total row or the ability to autofill my formulas, if I so choose to use them in my table. I'll press the keyboard shortcut Control plus T when I'm inside of my data to start the table creation workflow. B T. Create table window. Where is the data for your table? Edit equals dollar A dollar one dollar B dollar four. Alt plus W. So you can hear that Excel actually automatically found where my data was, and I can tell that that's where I would expect it since I started typing my data in cell A1. And then the other part of this table creation flow is telling Excel whether or not my table has headers. Since I've added the header rows guests and RSVP, I want to tell Excel that I do have headers on my table. So I'll press tab to move down to that option. My table has headers checkbox unchecked, Alt plus M. It's currently unchecked, so I'll hit the space bar to check that box. Space. And then Enter will create my table. Book 1, Excel window, table 1, Enter table, table 1, 4 by 2, A1, header item, editable, guests, no filter applied, column header, row 1 of 4, column 1 of 2. We now hear more information that Excel is telling me about my table. The fact that the name is table 1, and that I have 4 rows and 2 columns. The first thing I'd like to do is rename that table so that I can reference it again in the future. To rename my table, I'll use the Name Manager, which is a specific way in Excel that I'll let Excel know the names of parts of my workbook. To access Name Manager, let's explore the search functionality within Excel. If I press Alt plus Q, I'll bring up the search bar. Q, ribbon, exit table, Microsoft Search, edit box, search, just start typing here to bring features to your fingertips and get help. Alt, Q, type to search and use the up and down arrows keys to navigate. Menu, 7. And I'll type name manager. N A M E space M A N A F G E R. Best action, name manager. So Excel has already found that my best action in response to typing name manager is the dialog called name manager, and I'll hit enter to open that. Name manager window, enter table, 1 by 5, table 1, 1 of 1. Selected. 
The name manager is handy because it's a collection of all of the named places within my workbook. As we heard, there's only one currently in my list called table one, which is our guest list. So let's rename that one. I'll hit enter key to change the name. Edit name window, name, edit, table one, all plus n. I can now type a name other than table one to replace that name. I'll call it my guests. Cap M, what? Cap G, U, E, F, T, S. And then hit enter to add that name. Then escape will close my name manager dialog. Book one, Excel window, my guests, enter table my guests, four by two, A1, header item, editable, guests, no filter applied. I can hear that my table Analysis. name has been added, and it's called my guests. My guests. Let's now filter my guest list to only the people who are able to come to the party so that I can get more of an accurate count of who's currently able to. I'll use the automatically added sorting and filtering options as a part of my table. I'll head over to the RSVP column and press Alt plus down inside of the RSVP column header to bring up the drop-down list. B1, editable, RSVP, no filter applied. Exit table, custom control, menu. Sort A to Z, sort Z to A, sort by color, clear filter from R filter by color, text filters, type words to search for, edit box. You heard several different sorting options, and then I also have all of the different choices that have appeared inside of that column as filters that I can then text filter on. Since we're looking for the people who have come to our party who are able to come, we'll want to filter out the people who have responded no to our RSVP. No checkbox checked. I'll uncheck it by pressing the spacebar. Space, unchecked. And then enter to apply it to my table. Okay, my guests. Enter table my guests, 3 by 2, B1, editable, RSVP, filter applied, column header, row 1 of 3, column 2 of 2. So we can hear that my table has actually reduced from a, column si uh, a table size of 4 rows by 2 columns to now 3 rows by 2 columns. So I know that my table size has decreased and I'm only seeing 2 people who have responded yes to the party. In terms of table size, Excel will always add one to your tables to accommodate the header row if you already have one. So the easiest way to keep track of your table is to just remove that extra one. I'll want to keep track of all of the people who are coming and their attendance as those are flowing into my RSVP pipeline. So I'll actually unfilter my data so that I can understand it as they come in. I'll press Alt down again and go to the clear filter option. Exit table, custom control, menu. Sort A to Z, menu, sort Z to A, sort by color, menu item, clear filter from RSVP, menu item, unchecked, menu key C. My guests, enter table my guests, 4 by 2, B. We can hear that my table size is once again 4 by 2. That's four rows, one of which is a header row, and three guests. Joe, Raphael, and Octavia. Now let's move over to a workbook that I've pre-populated with a full invitee list for our party. January party, demo.xlsx, Excel window, my guests, enter table my guests, 12 by 2, A1, header item, editable, guests, no filter applied, column header, row 1 of 12, column 1 of 2. We just heard a lot of information from Narrator, who's now giving us an overview of our workbook. We hear that we're inside of the guest list sheet, that we're inside of the table called my guests, that we're on the heading of column A, which is called guests, and then that our table size is 12 by 2. That's 12 rows by 2 columns, 
one of which uh, of our rows is a header row. We want to make it really easy to understand who's actually coming to our party. So let's limit the RSVP options to yes and no by adding data validation to the RSVP column. Using data validation formalizes the list of acceptable responses so that we can actually block uh, other people from putting in anything other than yes or no. We'll add data validation by moving into the RSVP column. B1, editable, RSVP, no filter applied, column header, column two of two. Let's use the search bar to quickly find data validation. First, we'll select the column that we want to add the data valid validation to by pressing Control plus Spacebar. Space, B12, count 11, first B2, yes, through last B12. Then we'll again use Alt plus Q to access the search bar and find data validation. Q, ribbon, exit, D, A, T, A, space, data, A, L, I, D, A, T, I, O, N. Best action, data validation, split button, collapsed. Pick from a list of rules to limit the type of data that can be entered in a cell. For example, you can provide a list of values, like 1, 2, and 3, or only allow numbers greater than 1,000 as valid entries. Data validation showed up as the best action, so I'll hit Enter to go into the data validation creation flow. Data validation window, settings tab item, one of three, selected. Since I have two choices that I want to limit input to, yes and no, I'll choose list from the allowable options. I'll tab down to get to that. Allow, any value, whole number, decimal, list, zero of eight. I chose list because I know exactly what answers I want to get. I could also have chosen other options that would limit the inputs into whole numbers or to a specific string or to even just a date field. I'll hit enter to ask for list. Then I'll tab down to add the content that I actually want in the source field. Source, edit, alt plus s. Source just means the answers that I want to allow. That's yes and no, so I'll type them with a comma in between. E, S, comma, space, N, O. And then enter to apply that to my column. January party, demo.xlsx, Excel window, my guests, enter table my guests, 12 by 2, B2, selected, editable, yes, column header B1, RSVP, row 2 of 12, column 2 of 2. Let's now test to make sure that the data validation is working as we expect. The next guest has given me her RSVP information. It's Leah but she's given me an answer that um, isn't quite the, the form that I'm expecting. She said maybe. So I'll go down to that cell in cell B8 and type maybe. B8, scam A, Y, B, E. Microsoft Excel dialog, retry, button, alt plus R. This value doesn't match the data validation restrictions defined for this cell. Sure enough, we got an error message saying that I wasn't allowed to input that type of data. I'll back out of this error message and choose from the dropdown of acceptable options. Command not available. I've pressed Alt plus down to bring up the data validation dropdown menu, and I'll choose no since Leah isn't able to come at this time. Yes, no, selected. D my guests. Enter table my guests, 12 by 2, B8, selected, editable, no, contains data validation drop-down menu. Co I've filled no from the data validation drop-down menu, and I can hear that the data validation is working as I expect. My responses are limited to yes and no, and I'm confident that I'll get the types of responses that I expect.
A big part of throwing a successful dinner party is actually understanding how much food you want to create. Um, so I actually want to capture how many attendees each of my RSVPs are bringing so that I can make the right amount of food. I'll add another column in column C called attendees. Kappa edits of T, T, E, F, D, E, E, S. My guests, enter table my guests, 12 by 3, C2, selected, editable, column header C1, attendees, row 2 of 12, column 3 of 3. So when I added attendees to the right of the other data that already existed in my table, it actually expanded my table automatically. So I can hear that my table size is now 12 by 3, since I've automatically added that third column. It also gets the same sorting, filtering, and formatting that my previous columns got as well. I'll fill out my attendee rows based on the information that I've received from my co-host and myself in terms of RSVPs. Edit C2, edit C4, zero, edit C5, two, edit C2, edit, zero, edit C8, zero, C9, selected, editable, column header C1. So I currently have seven guests that are coming to my party based off of the number of RSVPs that I've gotten. As I, as I get more responses, I want to automatically understand how my headcount is increasing or decreasing. Let's add another feature of tables, the total row, so that we can automatically track this. We'll use the ribbon to get to that. Use the F6 key again to move your focus around large areas of Excel. That's such as sheet tabs, the zoom controls, or the ribbon controls. We'll press F6 a few different times to get up into the ribbon. January party, demo, exit table, sheet tab, guest list tab item, status bar, accessibility checker, accessibility, ribbon tabs, home tab item, 2 of 11, selected, alt, H. I'm now in the ribbon, and I'll arrow over a few times to get to the contextual ribbon called table design. It's all the way at the far end of my ribbon. Insert, draw tab, page layout, formulas tab, data tab item, review tab item, view tab item, help tab item, table tools, table design tab item, 11 of 11, selected, alt, y, jt. This contextual tab only shows up when I'm inside of my table, so I want to make sure that I'm inside of the table when I'm trying to alter table characteristics. I'll press tab to move over to the total row. Properties, resize, tools, remove duplicate, convert to ring, insert slot, external, refresh, Properties, open in, unlink, table style, total row checkbox unchecked, turn on or off the total row of the table. The total row is a row at the end of the table which displays totals for each column, alt, jt, t, control plus shift plus t. I'll press spacebar to add the total row to my table. Space, my guests, enter table my guests, 13 by 3, c9, selected, editable, column header c1, attendees, row 9 of 13, column 3 of 3. I can hear that my table size has expanded by one row since the total row was added at the bottom of my table. Let's arrow down to the total row and see if it says 7 like we expect. C, C, C13, selected, editable, row 13 of 13. So actually currently my total row is blank and that's because Excel didn't know how to interpret the information in the column. So I need to give Excel a little bit more information over the type of total that I want. I'll press Alt plus down to bring up the drop-down menu and choose some out of it since I want Excel to add all of the attendees in the column. C13 contains formula. C13, selected, editable, 7, contains formula, row 13 of 13. So now I can hear that my total has changed to 7 as I expect, and that's because I'm now using the sum formula. 
This will be helpful so that I can continue to monitor the number of people who are coming to my party. I could also have calculated the number of attendees by writing my own formula versus just using the Excel formulas. Formulas are one of the most powerful features of Excel. It's basically me telling Excel how I want to Excel to use my data. To create a formula, we'll just type the equal sign directly into a cell. D1, selected, editable, column 6, row 2. For example, if I wanted to add the number of guests that Raphael and Mihai were bringing to the party, I could type equals 2 plus 2, just like I would into a calculator. Edit cell 2, plus sign 2, plus sign 2, plus sign E2, E1, selected, editable, column 6, row 2, item 4, contains formula. So I've just added those two numbers together. Now that's pretty straightforward, but what if I didn't know how many guests each of Raphael and Mihai were bringing to my party? I could also just reference them specifically in those cells so that then I can use that information to add together and get my guest number. E2, selected, editable, column 6, row 3, item. I know that the information for my attendees is in column C, and the information for Raphael is in row 3, and Mihai is in row 5. So I would use cell references to then reference that information. Edit C. Suggest 3. Plus sign. C3. 5. E selected. E2. Selected. Editable. Column 6. Row 3. Item. 4. Contains formula. A cell reference is basically the address of a cell. It's the row and column information that points to one particular cell. In this case, I've typed equals C3 plus C5 since those are the references of Raphael and Mihai. Now I could continue to just add up all of the different references of the people in my guest list, but that ultimately would take quite a while. So let's use one of the built-in functions within Excel called sum. This is very similar to the one that we used in the total row, but a slightly different form. E3, selected, editable, column 6, row 4, item. Excel has more than 300 built-in functions, and we'll just take advantage of one at this point. I'll type equals sum C3, C5 to use it. Edit cell, edit at U, M, opening parenthesis, sum 3, comma, C3, 5, closing for C5, E4, E3, selected, editable, column 6, row 4, item 4, contains formula. If I'm using a function, though, I can also reference cell ranges, which is a combination of cell references. I only need to know the information for the first and last cell within the range that I want to define. I know that my guest information is in rows 2 through 12, so my sum function would then look like the sum of the cell reference C2 to C12. U, M, opening parent, sum, two, colon, C2, 2, closing parent, C12, E5, E4, selected, editable, column 6, row 5, item 7, contains formula. So I've used a comma to separate the first and last values. So the way you define a range is the first value, a colon, and then the last value. We can hear that I again have 7 as the total number as we got in our total row. So we know that that information is correct. Let's try a different formula to find out what the specific RSVP response was for one particular guest. We'll use a formula called XLOOKUP. Some of you who are already familiar with formulas may know something very similar called VLOOKUP. 
XLOOKUP is the new and improved replacement for VLOOKUP, coming soon in Excel. XLOOKUP is handy for searching within a large dataset of values to find one value of a particular type. Since XLOOKUP is a more complicated function with several different arguments, let's leverage the formula builder to help us put it together. You can always use the formula builder to get acquainted with a new and unfamiliar formula or to help you add the different arguments for something that's a little more complicated. First, I need to choose where I want my formula to go. Let's put it in cell G2. To quickly jump to G2, I'll use the GoTo dialog, which is a built-in function of Excel that will allow me to jump to a particular place in my workbook. I access GoTo by pressing F5. Go to Window, Reference, Edit, Alt plus R. I'll type G2 into the reference field so that I jump to that point. G2. January Party, Demo.XLSX, Excel Window, Sheet Guest List, G2, Selected, Editable, Column 8, Row 3. So I'm now at the right part of my workbook, and I'll press Alt plus M plus F to bring up the Formula Builder. F. Insert Function Window, Search for a Function, Edit, Type a Brief Description of what you want to do and then click Go, Alt. We'll type X Lookup since we know that we're looking for that function. X L O O K U P and hit enter to search for it. Select a function, SLUKUP, searches a range or an array for a match and returns the corresponding item from a second range or array. By default, an exact match is used. One of one. X Lookup is the only result returned, so I'll press enter to start building that formula. Function arguments window, lookup underscore value, edit, link, help on this function, Alt plus H. Searches a range or an array for a match and returns the corresponding item from a second range or array. By default, an exact match is used. The first argument is the lookup value, which is what you want to search for. In our case, this will be Joe Green. I'll type that inside of quotes since I'm looking for those particular letters. Double quotes, J-O-E space G-R-E-E-N. Double quotes. And I'll press tab to go to the next. Lookup underscore array, edit. The next field is lookup array, which is the range of values that I want to search within. This is where naming my tables is actually going to come in really handy. I'll actually reference the table that I named previously. We want to look at the entire column of guest names, so let's reference that using table references. Y. Cap G. U. E. S. T. S. Opening bracket. G. U. E. F. T. S. Closing bracket. So you remember how we had named our table my guests previously? Now I can use the form the table with brackets and then the column that I'm looking at to reference that particular column. Let's try it out again in the next value, return array. Return underscore array, edit. Return array is the array or range that you want the information to be returned from. In our case, we want the RSVP value, so we'll reference that column. Cap Y. Cap G U E F T S. Opening bracket, R, S, V, P. Closing bracket. And we'll tab to move to the next. If underscore not underscore found, edit. If not found is the next argument and is optional. This would be the value that we would want if Excel couldn't find the term that we were searching for. If we leave it blank, Excel will just return a blank, which is fine for this purpose. Match underscore mode, edit. Match mode is the next term. If we leave it blank, it'll default to an exact match, which is what we want. We could have also chosen to look for the next smaller or next larger number 
if we were searching for a number, or a wildcard character match within some text. Let's leave it blank, though, so it defaults to an exact match. Search underscore mode, edit. The final argument is search mode. Here's where we would choose if we want to start searching at the beginning or the end of the array that we're looking in. The default is starting at the beginning, which should be fine for our purposes, so we'll leave that blank as well. And now we've finished our function. Let's hit the Enter key to commit it and get the answer. January party, demo.xlsx, Excel window, sheet guest list, G2, selected, editable, column 8, row 3, item, yes, contains formula. The answer to our original function, is Joe Green coming to our party, is yes. My attendee list is looking great, but I'm not the only one hosting this party. Let's share the workbook with my co-host so that they can also have information about who's coming. Now, um, I also want to let my co-host know when the last time I updated the table so that they know what the most important up-to-date information is. Let's use a combination of keyboard shortcuts to add a row at the beginning of my table so that we can put last updated information. I'll start by pressing home to move my cursor to the beginning of my row, and then control plus arrow key up to move to the beginning uh, in cell A1. A1, editable. We're now in cell A1. We'll then press uh, shift spacebar twice, first to highlight the table row, and second to highlight the entire row in Excel. Space, space, one, column one, row two, row header, count 16,384. And we'll press control, shift, plus to add a row in front of it. Plus A1, selected, editable, column two, row two, item. We've now added a row at the beginning of our table that we can put information into. We'll press control plus semicolon to add today's date. Edit cell, edit. Exit table, A1, selected, editable, column 2, row 2, item, February 5th, 2020. So now we've added today's date, February 5th, into the first column so that my co-host knows when the last time the table was updated. And now we're ready to share. I've already saved this onto my, um, as a part of my Office 365 subscription on OneDrive, so I'm really ready to share right now. Uh, Uploading it to my OneDrive comes free as a part of your subscription. February 5th, 20. If I then press Alt plus ZS, I'll bring up the Share dialog, which is the same keyboard shortcut I would use on any Office application. S. Sheet guest list, loading, share window, link settings, people in Microsoft with the link can edit. Input for people to share with, combo edit. There are two different options that I can share um, by using this dialog. The first is to one particular person, and the second is to copy a link, so that then I can get um, a link that I can share in any chat. Since I already have a chat open with my co-host, I'll actually just tab down to that link button. Send. Other ways to share link. Copy link. Button. And I'll hit enter. Creating shareable link. Link created. Edit. Read only. HTTP. I now have a link that I can copy anywhere that I want and paste into any other chat that will share this document and give permissions to edit. That will actually wrap up my demo for today. As a quick review, we learned to create a workbook and add data to that workbook to track our guest list, to convert uh, data into a table and name that table so that we can unlock more advanced features like total rows and formulas, to search for one particular command using Alt plus Q, 
to filter data based on a specific value, like when we found who had responded yes, to add data validation to a column to restrict data entry to yes or no, and to share our workbook via a link. Again, you can check out the demo workbook that we've been using at aka.ms slash Excel tips and tricks. And we also have an extensive list of shortcuts, including those that we use today, on aka.ms slash Excel shortcuts. That's aka.ms slash E-X-C-E-L-S-H-O-R-T-C-U-T-S. Before I turn it back over to Sean and Crystal for some Q&A, I want to leave you with a few resources to continue learning about Excel. There are several templates that act as tutorials um, that will introduce you to some of the more complex features within Excel. My favorite for learning about Excel is the Welcome to Excel template. Let's check it out. Gen we'll press Alt plus F to go back to my Excel home screen. F, file, home, 2 of 14. And then we'll press Tab to move into our new creation and look for the Welcome to Excel template. New, blank workbook, one of, Welcome to Excel, 2 of 4. And we'll hit Enter to open up that workbook. Welcome to Excel. We're brought to the Welcome to Excel screen where we can create the template to take a tour. We'll hit Enter to create it. Welcome to Excel 1, Excel window, sheet start, A1, selected, editable, column 2, row 2, item, welcome to the tour. Instructions for screen readers, in just 10 steps, you'll be up and running with Excel, the world's most popular spreadsheet app. There are 11 more sheets in this tour. The instructions for each sheet start in cell A1, and each subsequent step is in cell A2, A3, and so on. The instructions will indicate which cells to navigate to for use of a feature, or further reading. To start, press Ctrl plus page down. This template will walk you through all the skills that you need to wow your friends and colleagues, colleagues with your Excel knowledge. Another great way to learn about Excel is through the Help tab. Let's go up there. We'll press Alt plus Y2 to move up to the Help tab. Help tab item, 10 of 10, selected, Alt, Y2. Through the Help tab, you can send us feedback or get involved in the Excel community. Help button, contact support, feedback, show training, what's new, community, button, connect with the Excel blog, suggest a feature. This is also the place where if you have any feedback that you want to give us for Excel or you want to suggest a feature, you can come here and give that feedback to us on the product team directly. If you'd like to give feedback um, online, you can also use aka.ms slash accessibility feedback. Thanks for listening. Back to you, Sean and Crystal. Great. Uh, thanks, Sharon. These are really great demos. I think it's always cool to see kind of Excel in like a real world, real world type of scenario that someone might use. Um, all right, so we're ready for some of your questions. If you haven't already sent them in, you can email them to accwebinars at microsoft.com or you can reach out to us on Twitter using uh, and just making sure to use that hashtag accessibilitywebinar. Um, Crystal, do you mind taking our first question? Um, yeah, sure, Sean. So um, I saw one come in uh, through email just a couple seconds ago, so I thought I'd go ahead and just start with that one. Um, so the question was around being able to move to the last cell in a row of data. Um, so does end or end right arrow, what, what's the right way to do that? Um, and the question was specifically, um, does it matter whether or not there is data in that cell when they move there? So what's the right keyboard shortcut? Sure. 
My favorite way to move around inside of a workbook is using control plus the arrow keys. That will stop at whatever data is like other data. So if you have a table, control plus the right arrow key will move you to the right side of that table. Then control plus arrow again will move you to the far side of your sheet. Then the reverse is also true, where your first control left arrow will move you to the edge of the table where the data begins, and control left again will bring you to the other side of that table. Thanks. Great. Uh, all right, and I have another question here. Um, so for this is from a screen reader perspective. So what's the best way to ensure a screen reader is picking up column headers in a, in a table? The fastest way is actually to create what we call an Excel table. So there's actually an additional step which we talked about today, which is the control T table, as we call it in shorthand, which is actually giving Excel more information about the format of your data. So if you turn things into that Excel table, then we'll know what that column header is so that we can represent the column header to screen readers. Great. Um, another question, um, since I know you were talking about um, best practices and creating your documents uh, so that everybody can use them. Um, this question's around using the accessibility checker and really understanding what's the difference between the accessibility checker in Excel that's different from the other applications that the accessibility checker's in? Yes, the accessibility checker is actually very similar across our different Office applications, but we add um, a bent toward the particular app that you're in. So in Excel, it really helps if you name your tables and name your sheet tabs, for example, and if you provide alternative text on your charts. Those are types of examples that you wouldn't as commonly find in other apps, so we're making sure that we capture Excel-specific information that then we can pass along so that your Excel is accessible. Great. Well, I have another question here. Um, what are some tips or ideas on making uh, spreadsheets that are e really easy for my colleagues to consume? The fastest way that you can provide information about your Excel workbook is really to lay it out in a way that's understandable quickly. The, the way that I like to do that is just by naming all of the different um, defaults that Excel has provided. So for example, if you open an Excel sheet, you'll end up with a default sheet name, Sheet 1. We encountered that today. Now, Sheet 1 doesn't actually tell me anything about the content that would be on that sheet. So if we rename it, then it just gives that additional layer of information. The same goes for naming your tables or naming the um, columns in your tables, providing headers. Anything you can do to provide more structure to your workbook, which then gives more information about it. The second thing that you can do um, to make data more understandable is actually by creating a chart, which will then show that data um, more visually and also in terms of a, a range of data. And that's really helpful for conveying a lot of information at once. You can create a chart manually using the Insert tab, but I like to use the Ideas function, which is on the Home tab or accessible by the keyboard shortcut Alt-H-F-E. And Ideas will automatically create charts for you so that then you can just put them into your workbook to explain your data. Thanks, Sharon. Um, so I, I think folks really enjoyed a lot of the features you demoed today, um, but we definitely have some questions around what version of Office 365 um, someone would need to be on to get some of those features, um, in particular the XLOOKUP feature. 
Yes, of course. The fastest way that you get access to new features is, as Crystal mentioned, being on Office 365. And if you're interested in trying features out before they hit the general public, you can join the Office Insiders program. And we'll share information about how to do that later. Great. Um, another question that I have is, uh, and I think you kind of hit on this a little bit earlier, um, but where, where is the best place to learn about new features in Office applications in general? Yes. In all of our Office applications, we include something that's called What's New. In Excel, you can find that on the Help tab. Um, so that is a roll-up of the new features that you'll find in any given version of Excel. You can also search online, and we provide a lot of help articles about the new functionality that's coming out in Excel and how to use it. Great. Um, I want to just remind folks, uh, again, uh, if you have questions you want to send in, please email them to ACCWebinars. Um, that's webinars with an S at Microsoft.com. Or uh, definitely throw those up on Twitter with the hashtag AccessibilityWebinar. So let me see here. Um, could you go ahead and just maybe share some best practices around making uh, spreadsheets more accessible? Sure. Uh, the, the biggest things that you can do are actually three steps. The first is don't use merged cells. Merged cells are really hard to introduce the structure of the workbook. So while it lays it out from a very visual perspective, it doesn't convey it as much to assistive technology. So we recommend that you avoid using merged cells and convert to tables instead, which will provide that structure. The second thing is that you should provide alternative text on any images, um, charts, or tables that you're creating in your workbook. That will describe more of the goal that you're uh, having to insert it so that then anybody who's using assistive technology gets a quick idea of what to do with the information you're presenting. And then the final thing is, as we've been mentioning a few times throughout the presentation, make sure that you name all of the different pieces of your spreadsheet so that then it's really obvious where to go in the spreadsheet to get more information. Great. Thanks, Sharon. Um, I have another question that came through on Twitter. Um, and this person's asking, is it possible to filter cells with the same value in a column after applying conditional formatting? You should be able to use the same sorting and filtering functionality at the top of a table header to then sort and filter that information as you need. And that will filter within the conditional formatting. So if you've applied conditional formatting to a column, then the sorting would happen uh, as a layer on top of that without removing your conditional formatting. Great. Um, and uh, again, we've mentioned this a couple times now. If you do want to submit questions, um, email works great, accwebinars at microsoft.com. And Twitter will just be watching out for that accessibility webinars hashtag. Great. Um, so I have another question here um, asking um, if uh, how accessible are pivot tables? Um, so is it possible to take to some of that data you created and turn it into a pivot table? You can always create pivot tables, and that will unlock the power to actually pivot your data, which means to uh, combine it in different ways and create uh, more, more styled and more formatted charts. Um, pivot tables are also really powerful because they then combine your data so that you're, you're getting the cumul cumulative effect. We're currently working to make pivot tables more accessible, and the best way to insert an accessible pivot table 
is to insert it through the ideas pane on the home tab. Great. Great. Um, and another question that just came in via Twitter, and it's asking about um, accessing this webinar later on. Uh, and yes, so these are all recorded, and we'll make sure they're all hosted on YouTube about a week after the event concludes today. Um, and we will make sure to send out a link to anyone who's registered for the event so far. So. A um, couple more questions um, focusing on keyboard shortcuts. So maybe, um, maybe Sharon, you could uh, review just a couple of the uh, really powerful sh shortcuts to be able to move between sheets and around sh uh, table data. Um, and then maybe remind us where we can go get that data or that uh, keyboard shortcut later. Sure. So as we were talking about, the fastest way to move around different sections of data is using your control plus arrow keys. And if you'd like to navigate between sheet tabs, you can use the page up and page down keys at the top of your keyboard or use F6 to access the different parts of the sheet. So again, the F6 loop will bring you around the different major parts of your sheet, which is the fastest way if you don't remember the keyboard shortcut specifically. Um, you can then jump between the grid, the sheet tabs, the status bar, the zoom uh, controls, and then the ribbon controls and any panes that are open. And again, if you want to access a full list of the different shortcuts that we have, we have it at aka.ms slash Excel shortcuts. Awesome. Thanks, Sharon. Um, another question that we got through here, um, Sharon, in your demo, you shared the, the dialogue where you can search and uh, find formulas. Um, can you show the steps on how to get to that again? Because I think that's always a pretty powerful tool. Sure. I'll move back to the workbook where we, we were creating our RSVP list first. January party, demo.xlsx, January party, January party, demo.xlsx. And the way that we access that um, formula builder, which is, I think, what the question is, um, the formula builder is the way that you would create a more complex formula. And you would press Alt plus M plus F to bring up that dialog. Ribbon, insert function window, search for a function. Then inside of the insert function dialog, you would type whatever function you're looking for, or you can navigate through a list of functions by pressing tab and arrow keys to move through the list. And once you've selected a function, then we'll step you through the arguments that you need to add. If you don't remember the particular shortcut to get to the function builder, you can also use the F6 loop to reach the ribbon, and it will be on the, um, the insert tab to insert a function. January party. Demo, ribbon tabs, exit add, insert tab item, three of 11, my guests, enter table, my, my apologies. guests, it will 13 be on, my, ribbon tabs. My apologies, it will be on the formula tab uh, through alt plus M. M. Edit cell, edit, ribbon tab, M. formulas tab item, six of 11, selected, alt. Thanks, Sharon. Um, I think we're going to go ahead and take our last question uh, for today. So um, I have a question here about um, tables, since you, you talked a lot about um, turning, turning your table, data into tables to, to make it more powerful. Um, so is it possible to take tables from other documents and paste them into Excel, um, and they have the table formatting that's necessary, or will I have to apply it after? When you paste something into Excel, generally it doesn't bring the table formatting with it. An Excel table is a very particular type of um, information that we're getting in Excel. 
So I'd recommend making sure that you add the table through Control-T. Awesome. So thank you so much, Sharon. That is all the time we have for questions today. Um, just as a reminder, if we didn't get to your question today, um, please do reach out to us at the Disability Answer Desk. Um, you can find your contact info for your locale by going to aka.ms/dad, um, and always feel free to reach out to us on Twitter um, at msftenable. Um, so, to learn more about. Um, you know, Excel Accessibility and other apps, you can definitely visit the Office Accessibility Center. The short URL for that one is aka.ms slash office accessibility. And um, as we said in the beginning, we really do want your feedback, so please continue to share that. Um, and you can share all kinds of feedback, not just on the webinars, but on products as well. Um, so go to aka.ms slash accessibility feedback. And finally, um, as Sharon was mentioning earlier, um, you know, it's, it's, if you're able to, it's great to get on the Office Insider so you can kind of get the newest features um, earlier. Um, so to, to do that, you go to insiders.office.com. Great. Thanks, Crystal. Um, and I did want to just reiterate the, the power of the Office Accessibility Center. Um, there's a ton of resources uh, on using uh, Office apps like Excel uh, with a screen reader and with keyboard shortcuts. Um, and there's articles on a variety of platforms as well. Um, there's a question that I noticed came in that came in a little bit late that was around um, uh, using Excel on Mac with the voiceover screen reader. And definitely check out that Office Accessibility Center there are articles on using uh, Excel on Mac with the voiceover screen reader there already. Um, all right, so with that said, we'll do a quick wrap-up here. And so after we finish our session, we will be sending a link to a brief survey. We'd love to get your thoughts so we know uh, what you thought of today's session uh, and any other ideas that you want to share with us. Um, to view archived webinars and stay tuned for any future announcements, our uh, webinar page, a.k.a. .ms forward slash accessibility webinars is, the, is a great place and resource to follow. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, this is the last webinar in our 12-part series, um, but we're definitely hoping it's not our last webinar. So make sure to stay tuned and please continue sharing your ideas on future topics. Um, and I would just like to thank all of you for joining these webinars over the last year, giving your feedback, letting us know what you want, these have been super valuable for us, and we hope they've been valuable for you as well. Um, so we look forward to delivering more of these in the future. So thank you all for joining, and we'll catch you soon. And we hope you enjoyed Microsoft and their webinars, which we hope will continue into next year and beyond. John and Larry Gassman here with you on Main Menu. It makes me wonder, there have been so many voices to come down the pike since 1999 or 2000. There's got to be a Main Menu alumni club there, somewhere. There is, and you'll be hearing a lot of them in the next several months. And you'll be hearing Main Menu next week. It's another show we're trying to get back in rotation. So the first week and second week, 
of uh, of the, each month. We hope to have presentations for you like this one. New programs. Next week, uh, you're going to hear something that Bits did about a year ago. Uh, they do presentations from time to time for their members uh, in which somebody talks about a product. Uh, Tim Cummings did one not long ago on Gold Wave. And Jeffrey Bennett did a great one about, oh, I guess six months ago, maybe a little more. On the Toshiba Fire TV, and it's very, very well done. And we really enjoyed it very much, especially because we had just, or Larry had just purchased one and didn't know how to use it. So Jeffrey came to the rescue with he his sure presentation. Did, yeah. I've got Alexa in the, uh, in the uh, box that uh, Time Warner Spectrum provides, and also Alexa inside the TV. I don't know. The girls never talk to each other, but I know they're there. I think they point at each other. Do you think so? They hiss yeah. at each other. Yes, they do. <laughs> By the way, you were talking a minute ago about new programming coming next week. So the first and second uh, Fridays of the month will be new programming. And then long about April, we hope to reinstitute Main Menu Live, which we would, well, would then be the third and fourth Fridays. Let's just Fridays. say that that's an ambition because yeah. there's a lot of tech stuff that has to be worked out. But that's, but that's what, what we're we aiming for. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we're going we're gonna to be uh, – Hopefully doing a CSUN wrap-up at some point in the near future as well. So lots of good things to look forward to as a Main Menu listener. Main Menu is a program brought to you by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs every Friday night on ACB Radio Mainstream beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern, repeating at various times throughout the week. To listen and view the schedule, go to acbradio.org slash mainstream. You can also tune in with your favorite radio app slash device or use ACB Link for Android or iOS. Call area code 605-475-8130. Do you have an idea, suggestion, or contribution you'd like us to consider? Please email mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Main Menu. Please note that airing of any content is subject to approval by the Main Menu team. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on another edition of Main Menu.